exit If you blink you've gone too far We all get our news from the gal behind the bar It takes a village to raise this community And even if you don't go to church You say grace or give your thanks before you eat This is us A small town in America And put simply We like things how they used to be We got one stop sign The bar closes at nine And we got an Exxon You can't miss it It's up there on the right And this is home We take care of our own If you can't relate Get back on the interstate and go It is that time of the week for another episode of Climax the Podcast, Love Letter to a Small Town, a product of the Climax Scots Digital Network. This is Kevin Harvey, proud 1998 graduate of Climax Scots Junior Senior High School. If this is your first time to the show, welcome. We always hope this is a welcome back. If you enjoyed this episode or you've enjoyed prior episodes, Make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast feed works for you. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and about a hundred other feeds. And of course, you can always find the show directly at ClimaxThePodcast.com, and that also links you to about any feed on Earth you could want to listen to this show. Anything you can do on all of those platforms, subscribing to the feed, leave us a review, liking, sharing, all of those interactive parts, all of those things help get more eyes and ears on this show. Usually this is the part of an episode where I do kind of a callback to last week and, well, we ended on a cliffhanger and we're going to get back with that right before the main event. Climax the Podcast is a free show to listen to, but it is not a free show to produce. So to kick things off, we like to do our business up front, thanking those who make this show possible. First up is Kristen Wachowski from State Farm. Kristen is a CS grad just like me and almost everyone who listens to this podcast. Kristen comes from the small town. She lives in the small town. Kristen gets what our folks need. Kristen's office is in Battle Creek. It's at the intersection of 20th Street and Columbia. It's right across the street from Ollie's and behind Chicago Title. It's really easy for insurance to become a very overcomplicated thing. Kristen and her team make things very, very easy. So whether you're in a position where you need new insurance or maybe you're reevaluating your current insurance coverage and your needs are anywhere in the realm of auto insurance, motorcycle insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, renters insurance, business, life, recreational vehicle, boat, and even more, get in touch with Kristen's team today. You can give her a call at 269-968-5130 or you can visit the website callkristen.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N, callkristen.com. With the holidays just around the corner, I'm willing to bet more than a few listeners of this podcast are probably going to be back in the Climax Scots area. And if you're needing a place to stay, think about Eldred Homestead Bed and Breakfast. Eldred Homestead B&B is located at 6378 South 44th Street in Climax. Chris and Rain do a great job making every part of the experience a very memorable one. And if you're coming back into town for the holidays, I guarantee you it's going to be a lot more fun and a lot more memorable than just going to some hotel off I-94. Eldred Homestead gives you a chance to sort of drink everything in and just exist more in the moment when you're home. It's a wonderful place to stay if you're coming back into town for a visit, or if maybe you're still closer to town and just need a little bit of a getaway that's not so far away. For more information or to book your stay, you can check out Eldred Homestead B&B's listing on Airbnb.com. You can give them a call at 269-808-8183 or send an email to eldredhomestead at gmail.com. And Climax the Podcast would not be possible without the help we have received from Prairie Historical Society. Since 1984, they've been documenting the histories of Climax, Scots, and the surrounding areas. There's a whole lot you can learn, and the best way to do that... It's just kind of by snooping around. Head up to the History Room while they're open. That's at Lawrence Memorial Library, and Tuesdays they're open from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., and Thursday evenings from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. PHS is a nonprofit organization that is kept going by the donations of their generous contributors. If you would like to become a member of Prairie Historical Society, it's only $15 a year for membership dues. And not only does that support PHS, that also gets you their six bi-monthly newsletters. As of this moment, those all come in the postal service, but we're working with PHS to try to get a whole archive of those newsletters on our website 
and a little bit more fluid ways for people to contribute financially on the computer or digitally. So more to come on that one. For now, you can send those payments to Prairie Historical Society, 107 North Main Street, P.O. Box 82, Climax, Michigan, 49034. And there's also now a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Climax PHS. And just like that, the business is done. One little reminder I do want to give folks, Caroling on the Corners does return to downtown Climax Saturday, December 2nd from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. There's going to be a lot going on. The Climax Scots Band will be at United Methodist Church. There'll be refreshments and some craft activities at Peace Community Church. The Library and Prairie Historical Society are collaborating to bring Santa Claus to Climax. There's going to be some treats. The kids can see Santa. A lot of good stuff going to be going on at Lawrence Memorial Library. And there's a contest. Elvin Idol. We're going to do a singing contest open to community residents 17 and under. And I think I've got a pretty sweet prize. A few people have contributed to a prize fund. And I think I've got a prize that's going to get a lot of kids going, ooh, you know what, I think I'm going to do that singing competition. More information right now on the CSDN Facebook, and there's about to be a whole article within the next day or two at ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com. And it's about that time of the week where we need to move into the main event. So last week ended on a cliffhanger. Last week was part one of It Takes a Village President with Jim Cummings. Well, Jim is back this week for part two. To start off this week, we're going to run back the recording to the last minute or two from part one of this interview. Going to do that just to kind of remind you where we left off. We left off talking about Jim's time in that historic hardware building in downtown Climax. And then it's going to be into about another 50 minutes or so of new interview from Jim that you have not heard before. So without further ado, let's roll into the main event of episode 19. It Takes a Village President, part two with Jim Cummings. One of my favorite things just walking through here today with you right before we turn the microphones on is for all you have put into the building, for as much modernization as there is here in the soundstage, one portion where we are now, it still feels just like Alfred Hoover's old well, that hardware was the idea. store. And, and when Al was here, uh, I just, I really miss Al. I just loved him. I just loved him. Um, he, um, he knew anything and everything about this building. I mean, so any question I had, and he'd be right over here. I mean, he's such a wonderful person. But Al's around. I mean, I smell Al. Yeah. Al was a Al was a pipe smoker, and usually about once every week or two, when I open the door down there, a big waft of pipe hits me, and it goes away quick. But yeah, Al's Al's still hanging around here. So is Mr. Willison, I think, and we've seen a cat, and we hear walking all the time. We hear doors shutting, and so Al's around here. It's probably more than Al, but uh, there, there was a couple suicides in this building, and uh, um, nothing ugly, you know, just, uh, I, I know. And actually, now out at the um, Feed and Grain, they meet every morning and have their coffee and lie to each other and all that. Uh, they did that here for probably a hundred years. Um, there was a, I'll show you on your way out, there's a place where the stove sat and that's where they all sat every morning. So I, I'll come down and I'll smell, uh, um, I'll smell cigarettes or I'll smell, especially pipe. Yeah. Cause it's, it's Al. Al oh, that's, that's what I associate with the smell of the 1904 space is that unforgettable pipe tobacco whiff that you would get when you would come into the heart, uh, right, hardware right, in right, Seattle. Right. And you you still do. And the cat, we see the cat and we hear the cat. But, uh, that, that's that been known about since I think the 20s. People used to say that, it's, I think it's in your historical room. That's where I read it. I'm going, what is this? And, oh, well, it's a cat, okay. I've seen that, or I've heard that, or I felt it against my leg. It's either that or my skin's crawling, I don't know. So let's see, where were we? So soundstage, yeah, soundstage has been quite a thing. Uh, Primarily because I've continued to, to tour all these years. Some years less than others. Now my band now has uh, eight albums plus three DVDs. So we're really popular, really making good money. So I hate to shut it down. But, you know, eventually things have to just come to an end like that. But I'll keep playing. 
But um, Soundstage has done work for Amway, Archway, Whirlpool, Toyota, Ford, Honda, uh, Pepsi, Coke, uh, on and on and on, Little, literally a hundred or more big corporations you've heard. Um, so Soundstage was a phenomenal success. Now it's just kind of a quieter thing now. But uh, as we, again, we still love it here. So I'm, I'll be the president until the end of next year. I do not plan to run, mostly because I, Faye and I are traveling more and more every year. We own a bunch of timeshares, and with those, if you know anything about them, you got to use them, or else yeah. otherwise you lose them. So we want to get and go while we can, because there'll be reach a point where we just can't be traveling like that anymore. But uh, it's fun. We traveled all through COVID, and I loved it. Actually, I loved it because we'd wear a mask, and everywhere we went, we were basically by ourselves. So we'd get private tours and all sorts of real cool things, you know. Yeah. I didn't have that much of a problem with the whole COVID thing. Uh, all of the musical stuff was gone, but that was everybody, so it wasn't just me. Um, yeah, so what else can I answer for you? Well, I feel like we haven't even remotely danced anywhere near this movie you just did. Okay, movie. Well, you've been talking to Heather. Uh, Heather, Heather's, well, okay, let me tell you about the movie, and then don't let me forget to tell you about Heather. Um, the guy that wrote his name is Will Radcliffe, and Will has written a bunch of serial novels. One is called Noggle Stones, which is kind of like The Hobbit. Okay. It's like three books. It's been produced many times with animation and, and uh, uh, audio books and big deal. Uh, then he wrote one called... Um, He's got one called The Witcher, and most of his stuff is spooky and fantasy stuff. Um, he's done a lot. Well, he wrote this one, and I happen to read it. And I've done work with Will over the years. He used to be a video editor, so he and I had done quite a bit of work together. It's really good, called Bone Hill. Uh, I'm going, man, this is not only good, but it's it has a connection with the Potawatomi tribe. A lot of history interspersed. So I thought, well, this would be a good opportunity to talk to them about this and see if they're interested. Well, come to find out, they were. And uh, fortunately for us, we already had it financed. So the first thing I said to the tribe was, you know, it's pretty rare, but I ain't asking you for any money, which basically everybody comes to you and asks you for money. I said, all we want to do is just have your involvement with maybe some of the language and some of the legends and We'd like as many of, of the tribal people involved as we can, which did happen, much as we could. I mean, some of them were just busy. They just didn't have any interest in it. But we, we got quite a few tribe people in there, and um, um, it's really coming out good. I'm not going to say that it uh, hasn't been difficult because it has <laughs> been maddeningly difficult. I mean, difficult to the point where I had to take a couple weeks and my wife and I go to Williamsburg to calm down. I mean, it was nuts, nuts. Um, we've been fortunate. We've we've shot a lot of of the movie in um, in the the reservation. Uh, done some up here at Doctor Doctor Hodling's property up here. It's very nice to let's do that. A lot of it to school. A couple of days here at Soundstage. We've got we've got more to do. A lot of little shots to do, like him in the car and things like sure. that. And then we've got a, probably a good day or two of big green screen stuff because there's some flashbacks of the 1600s and two, two brothers fighting it out. And, you know, we got that coming up. But from what I've seen as far as the um, footage, which I'll show you when, when we get, get off the mics, uh, we just did a, a quick trailer. Um, it's surprisingly good it's like wow that's actually really good it is a b movie it's a smaller budget but uh uh he's actually in la right now the other producer the phil wurzel who grew up in climax so did his brother steve wurzel and there uh, steve is on the school board i think yep, i graduated with their youngest brother ryan <laughs> oh yeah there you go well phil uh phil's done a bunch of these movies um 
he arranged for the financing and um, uh, he's out in LA selling it right now. So we're thinking that if not Netflix, it'll be on pretty much all the other ones like 2B and sure. Freebie. And Your Pluto's of the world. Pluto's, things like that. Yeah, I just watched a thing on Pluto yesterday. I watched Shane and Pluto yesterday. Um, so that's where this is going to be. Uh, we couldn't get any stars, as it were. I guess I'm in it. I guess I'd be the most one who got famous, but um, because of SAG after striking, we couldn't. They couldn't cross a line. I mean, yep. we had Michael Pere. We had a number of really well-known people, Graham Greene, and um, they couldn't do it. I mean, all of their health insurance is tied yeah. to SAG after they couldn't jeopardize their health. Um, so we we had to go with a non-union um, cast. So we, we cast around here. And there was a part for for a beautiful uh, woman who who had taken her own life because she she had a, a tumor. And, you know, it's it's part of the story there. But uh, I'm thinking, who are we going to get for that? And then uh, Heather was helping us with um, the school and the connection and what to do. And I'm going, well, if she can act at all, she certainly looks the part. I mean, she's a gorgeous girl. And uh, um, so worked with her. Uh, she's, she's just she's got one more shot, I think. But she's done a great job. Great job. It's been a real pain in the you-know-what for her because <laughs> she's had to work some late nights and work all day, too. And When she wears about 64 hats on a low day. She does, you know. <laughs> uh, every time I, I talk to her about that, she says, oh, I got this, 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 this. Sounds like me. I mean, everything I, every day I get up, there's half a dozen things that, that have to get done. And Heather's the same way. But she's, she's living over here now with her son and... Uh, I'm assuming she can just walk to school there. Yeah, she can. I've actually talked quite a bit with her in the involvement with the school. We run into each other quite a bit. Well, I'll be seeing her today or tomorrow because I've got her check. I've got her paycheck, so she's going to want that. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been a knock at the door. Unless yet. you're going to see her. Are you going to see her? Uh, not any, not concretely. I don't have any concrete All time right. with her. I was going to say, I just give it to you to give it to her. Um, yeah, so the movie, uh, we're looking to get it done. And, and completed by uh, June, May, June. Um, gotta, still got to do all the sound tracking, all the sound yep. effects, all the music, all the ADR, all of the, we still have some scenes to shoot. So we're, we're looking to push and get it done because this stuff can go on forever. Oh, so yeah. I, I just like to get on something and just get the thing done, move on to the next thing. Uh, Will and I already have our next uh, project um, you know, kind of hanging behind. and We'd like to do some more things with the tribe. I just had such a good time with them. I mean, they're just wonderful people. They're, but all of their lives, it's interesting, um, all of their lives and all of their genealogy and all of their relatives and all their families have been treated so badly in their lives. I mean, we're talking for generations. They don't trust easily. And uh, so I've done everything I can to make sure that they understand that that nobody's going to do anything that they don't know about and they can't be involved in. I mean, they've been wonderful. So we've, we've got quite a few people in it. It's called Bone Hill. And um, I imagine for the first, we'll, we'll probably have some uh, premieres. And we'll invite you to one of them, so long as you can behave yourself. <laughs> I'll, tr I'll try. And uh, no fist fights, and uh, but um, yeah, so that's great. Climax schools have been so wonderful. Doug Newington, just a great, wonderful person. And Heather, just the best. Everybody I know, Scott, the maintenance guy. I mean, everybody I know that we've talked to, and we did tear that up. I mean, <laughs> they were splattering fake blood all over the walls, and it's all cleaned up now. I mean, it looks great. I mean, in fact, way better, frankly, because <laughs> it was that thing's been abandoned for long time uh, so yeah we all of the places we worked have all been mopped and cleaned and repainted and I mean it's nicer now but um, boy I couldn't be more appreciative and um, oh I bet I bet we've got at least 10 12 people from climax that are in as extras well I saw you had like some of the drama club kids were in there a couple of them yeah and that was in the middle of the night 
So Heather was there watching them. A couple of them got, were in the final scene where a bunch of people get, you know, the, the entity, the legendary entity, you know, takes a bunch of them out and some of them got splattered with fake blood. Now the fake blood, uh, they do different ways in different movies. We've done a lot of movies. Uh, sometimes it's it's corn syrup yep. and, and food coloring. This time they used, they used uh, Dawn dish soap with food coloring because when you're cleaning it up, it kind of washes itself. I've never thought about that, but that makes so much sense instantly. It does. <laughs> of course, when you're pushing a broom around, you're going, is this ever going to get done? But, <laughs> but it did work. I, I got to hand it to him. That was the first time I heard it too. I'm going, yeah, I don't know, boys, but... We're good. About the right consistency. You can get a jug of it at a time. It looks good. Economically sound. It looks real. You know, it's disgusting, but it certainly looks good. One of the guys who's, one of the guys in the movie, um, Roger, Roger Callard is his name. And Bruce did an article on him. He, uh, he's in this, and he's done about 40 movies, according to him, non-union. He's one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's best friends, and... Uh, but he was Mr. America for two years, and he was Mr. Universe for five. So he was well known in the seventies. I mean, he's a, he's in his middle seventies now, but he's you know he still looks. You can recognize if you see him, you go, yeah, I think I remember you. You know, <laughs> of course, I teased him. I told him with the black mustache, he looks like a nineteen seventies porno actor. Well, I think I, my visual of him, I feel like he was in that pumping iron that Arnold did a little bit. Okay, that's, I may have thinking. I read the Crescent article, but it took me a minute to kind of connect that dot in my brain. And he was in a lot of movies. There's a movie called Geronimo that's, that uh, starred Wes Studi and some other people, and uh, he was in that. And he's in a lot of movies. Um, they're all non-union. But that's the only way we could do it. But I told uh, Phil, I said, you know, it's going to figure, Phil, after all this, this stuff we've been through, the day we're done, SAG after we'll settle, and then we can, you know, of course, when we're all done, then we'll, they'll settle. And that's kind of looking like what it's going to do. Do so. We're we have one more scene to shoot where it's like an elder, and he tells the story, and it's kind of in his, you know, in his little house and things like that. So we're thinking about. Um, I don't know if you know who Danny Trejo is. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, we're thinking about him. If if they if they can settle the sag after yeah, because he's definitely yeah that makes he'd that be perfect out. for that yeah, perfect for either that or an axe murderer or one or the other. <laughs> but um, he's I guess he's a real good guy. He's very friendly and happy happy soul. We can get him reasonably and we'll think about doing that. But so anyway, the movie yeah movie 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 and then after this one we'll be ready for another one. Um, that's kind of what I'm gonna do the rest of my life after I stop touring. I'm going to continue to be Jim Cummings and do my albums and all that, but I want to act more. I, I toured as Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar, and I've done a, a number of theatrical things, and I'm in a lot of, I'm in quite a few, I'm in three or four movies and probably a hundred industrials. So I'd like to act some more, I think. I think I can do that till I drop dead. But standing up on stage with too tight a pants on playing... <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. So before I start looking like an idiot, then then I'll I'll segue into that. But I also can produce until I until I drop dead. Yeah, that's my biggest reason for getting off the road is my back and knees just can't take being folded up in a car or plane that long <laughs> anymore. You know what? You no, know, just be it on tour. I after 22 years being in and around pro wrestling, my back and my knees are terrible. Was well, that what you toured? So I don't want to get in the back of a car for Were five you a wrestler hours. Wrestler or, or a manager? Uh, no, I was. Announcer for about the front half of my career. Back half was more behind the camera, producer, agent for the matches, oh, things I like that. Oh, I didn't know that, Kevin. Um, That's good. But you'd be amazed how often the guy in the suit needs to be slammed around for certain theatrical effects. And I trained regularly uh, for that back half as well because I don't want to be a guy in a suit telling somebody how to do something wrestling. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. And I, Which yeah. organization? Uh, well, directly, I ran my own organization for like the last six years, but we had relationships with like your WWEs, your then brand new AEW. That's the group that's on like TBS and TNT these days. Um, had a great relationship. Uh, still do with Impact Wrestling. Don't do anything for them anymore, but was able to kind of funnel my talents to those organizations. I mean, you turn on a TV these days, 
I guarantee you, you're, if you watch any wrestling broadcast, you're probably going to see between 2 and 10 people that are on the CSDN YouTube channel, which has all the archival stuff from my wrestling company. Did, have you seen the um, the series, I think it's on Hulu or what it's on, with Dwayne Johnson but when he was a kid? And oh, Ronnie. Young Rock? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was on NBC, I think. And um, I've seen little bits of it. I don't, haven't seen a whole episode, but what's hard for me is... Um, well, you speaking of The Rock, did you see his production company? Because he owns Seven Bucks Productions. Yeah. They were the company for a movie called Fighting With My Family. It was uh, Vince Vaughn was your probably your biggest name in it. Florence Pugh played a young wrestler named Paige in the WWE. Well, that was about my UK business partners. Oh. That was a funny thing. I had my neighbor at the time ask me, hey, have you seen that movie Fighting With My Family? And the matriarch of that family would be at my house two, three times a year doing shows in and around Chicago. And she's like, do you know those people? I blew her mind because I said, you know those people. Huh? Like, that's your smoking buddy that you go outside and smoke cigarettes on my deck with. Oh, my God. But to me, watching those things like a young rocker fighting with my family, I enjoy watching them, but it's so weird to me watching based on a true story content when you actually know the full truth of the story and you go, eh. Not so much, yeah. It, it's not bad. It's and Honestly, to me, watching something like Fighting With My Family, there's no lies in it. It's not in the right order that I knew things to happen. Well, you know, but, yeah, that, all of that stuff is just so over-dramatized. Or, or I mean, I, I, I just told you how much I study history, but I also study old Western history. And one of the things that I've spent a lot of time studying was famous ones like Wild Bill and all that, but also Billy the Kid. I mean, I've, I've read 25 books on him. Um, there's a new there's a new series called Billy the Kid, and I've watched I've watched about one and a half. I'm going, yeah, this this is <laughs> there's none of this that is is accurate here, you know. So, I mean, I get it. It's entertainment, you know. But me with the history thing, and the same thing with um, um, frankly with uh, with Christianity. I mean, I'm I'm as uh, I believe in all of that every bit, if not more, because I I played that, you know. So I since then I wanted to really know what the situations with, were with that but some of the things that people come up with that I'm going well historically and yeah, not, not so much so I view that on a historical basis of a factual basis not only that but also civil war so uh, and I, I've really studied Lincoln so when I was watching the movie Lincoln I'm going well yeah but that you know I mean but that's what that's what screenwriters do they they change things yeah. To, to make it more interesting or palpable or popular. Or they'll combine the ideas of about 15 different people in somebody's life into one character in the movie, where, like in Fighting With My Family, that Vince Vaughn character doesn't exist. There's no person by that name. Well, they put somebody longer. in to make it kind of a line going through it, yeah. Yeah, or even the uh, the Chernobyl series they did on HBO that was like a three-episode deep-dive fictional take on Chernobyl. But they even said at the end this one character represented the thousands of scientists that worked on trying to solve that whole big mess. But you can't realistically cast 1,000 people to get their five-minute blip or that, st that movie's just going to go on forever. So it's always interesting to see, though it is based on a true story. And some things are very wink-wink based on a true story. Well, they have to be. Well, I went down the rabbit hole this week on, oh, I'm blanking right now, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are the demonologist and psychic from like all of your uh, Amityville horrors and the conjurings. And, well, they did, did, and seeing I, how did they, they... die or they... I think they're, they both yeah, pass now, but... Now, yeah. Let me tell you, that's a, if you're listening to this or Jim, for you, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down to be like, wow, they got all those movies out of that based on a true story. Two people went to these folks' house one time and the kid was kind of weird. Everything after that is very creative yeah, license and the power of that too, yeah. the power of suggestion goes very, very far. Is, is he, is DeFeo still alive? I don't. I don't I think know. Somebody killed him in prison. And I, that sounds about fairly right. recently. He was getting to be a pretty old guy, you know. But 
he always said, yeah, what are you talking, none of that happened, you know. Basically, he just chopped up his family, you know, but uh, the, the all of this. We, well, we've done a number of, uh, of haunted Michigan shows out of here. So I, I and I grew up in a, in a house that was just crazy. Um, I would I would wake up and when I was just a little boy and laying like this, wake up with my eyes and there'd be like somebody standing there and they'd fade away and then eventually it was standing at the end of the bed and they'd look at me and then fade away. Because I was in a in a room where three, four people had died. But I thought everybody dealt like that. It wasn't really scary to me. I thought, well, you know, everybody's dealing with this stuff. So uh, I, I'm totally down with all that stuff. So I got, anytime I go traveling, I'll get, you know, if, if I'm in Missouri, I'll get a book that says Haunted Missouri and read that. And, you know, I just did Williamsburg. I just got one that says Haunted Williamsburg. And some of it is just absolute, ridiculously crap. But some of it, you know, it's kind of hard to say 60 people saw the same thing. And, you know, it, and it didn't exist. You know, 60 people can't make it all up. Yeah, for me, the the fun with Ed and Lorraine Warren is there, there's a saying from an older 90s movie, Drop Dead Gorgeous, once a carny, always a carny. And when you work in pro wrestling for a couple decades, and it's basically a con based on a long-form lie, well, then you, you can't need, unsmell that BS. <laughs> you need to watch the, um, did you see the movie Elvis? The new one? Not the most recent one. I've seen some of the older ones, like your Elvis and Me's, like the old TV movies. I have not seen the most current um, Hollywood produced Elvis this, film. This gives you a lot of insight into Elvis's true life, and I've, I've played, and I'm, I'm friends with a number of his his people, including the Sweet Inspirations. There's only one left now, but I've worked with them many, many times. Uh, most of the musicians, but uh, they spoke one way about Colonel Parker. But if you watch this movie, you'll see what he was, and what what he was is a carny. Yeah, and uh, he lying to people was a badge of honor for him. And and browbeating them down, yep. trim the so, marks. Yeah, so you should you should watch that movie because you get kick out of that more about that than the Elvis part. Yeah, that's gosh, the sweet old inspiration. So was I forget was so did you work with like Kathy Westmoreland or was she separate from the sweet inspiration? She was separate. She was just doing mostly that high part. Yeah, she would do like on the something in the way cover. She would do the. Ah. We did. Uh, I've done a number of shows with the. The best Elvis in the world. His name's Doug Church. He's been all over the world. I mean, he's didn't he used to do the, the Battle Creek Air Show for he a did number of years? Yeah. Okay, that yeah. name sounds very familiar. To that me. was when he was kind of in a dip there, but now he's back to wow, man. He's he's all over the place again. Great guy. Wife's great guy. He plays down at Shipshawn all the time. Um, but yeah, uh, most of those people I've I've worked with are Matt or Scene or whatever. But the sweet inspirations we've done a number of shows with now they're all they're all dead except what's her name Estelle and she was the one in the worst shape but she's the only one still alive uh, I think I think Sissy Houston might still be alive she was with the original ones uh, but Myrna was the one who was I was good friends with she was a skinny real pretty one she married uh, one of Elvis's uh, bodyguards and she told she told me a lot of stories she she was a trip. She was a trip. But, yeah, I, I've been very lucky with all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I knew all those guys at the whole Elvis thing. But my point of bringing all of that up was Colonel Parker. I mean, he he's like any shill, any any publicity guy in any wrestling thing you've ever met. It's just like him. That's yep. what he was. Once you know how a truly effective con works, you can't unsee that. And I know you... Your BSometer has got to be pretty well in tune after so many years in the entertainment industry. How many times you've been told, oh, See, this is going to go big time. This that's is an that. advantage and that's a curse. Yes, it is. Because I, you know, when we were running through all of the problems here a couple of years ago over here, um, I saw all that. I mean, I, mean, I lived that. Uh, my first couple of years in my band, I roomed with a guy who was a professional con man his entire life. I know all those games. Yep. Uh, I don't use any of them, but I'm aware of them. And uh, that's a problem when you when you see that happening and you know other people are not seeing that. That's pretty frustrating, you know, because you can tell them all you want and you'll make a bit of difference. They will never believe you. 
Yep, there are definitely times I wish I could unlearn some of those things that I've learned because it, it can be anywhere from frustrating to disheartening. Well, you hate to, to see people hurt by it uh, or, or their lives affected in a negative way because of somebody lying to them and then believing them. Um, yeah, it's, 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 that's what bothers me most about being the president of Climax is uh, not too much anymore. It's, it's, it's certainly calmed down now, but um, boy, there for a while, I'm just going, man, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I mean, it's, it's just too cold. I mean, uh, I see this happening and nobody seems to care and I can't be the one standing up crying wolf all the time. So folks, you know, uh, come to the meetings, be aware, think sensibly. What else can I tell you? Well, gosh, we definitely got to the movie. I, we barely scratched uh, 1904. You've got your whole gathering space and everything upstairs, still yeah. in the almost entirely preserved hardware as it was. Well, upstairs is where we live. That's uh, 3,500 square foot, 3,300 square foot. That's been all redone. That was a town dance hall. That's got so much history in it. It's just we love it because, I mean, in World War One, they used to practice their marching up there. I mean... A lot of real well-known for their, their times, people played in bands up there. And when we got here, there was still a bandstand up there. But it was closed down in the early 40s because they were having too many fights. So they didn't want the liability. In fact, they told me that what, what Alf, Alf told me this, uh, they, had a, they had a fight up there and one guy got knocked out of one of the second floor windows and fell all the way down, landed. Got back up. He was probably all boozed up. Came back around, wanted to fight some more. And the, and the, the owner, Mr. Willison, said, okay, that's, that's enough of this. Yeah, that's, that's, no more of this. So that was where the town, um, um, the first town uh, telephone company was. It's in my TV room there. Office was right there next to that. Next to that was a dentist office. Next to that was a rental room, and they used to rent it to whole families. I mean, just a little room, not a lot bigger than this. Um, and then the rest of it was a dance hall. So uh, a lot of history there. But the biggest reason we bought this building is because of that hardware store out there. Now We saw that it could be reconditioned. Um, so what we did when we rebuilt everything is we found every part that we could find to it. And some of but it was upstairs, so I was in the basement and rebuilt it and slowly over the years added things that, that make it look like a hardware store. We were able to get a few things, the, the big uh, nail weighing mach um, machine thing there I was able to buy. So that's there. The original cash register is there from the Ebingers. Um, the original seed jars are there from the Ebingers and a couple other little things. The problem was is the fellow that uh, had it before us when when the hardware store went out of business. Uh, he, he had an auction and literally sold everything, everything. So when we got here, there wasn't anything. The only reason we have the, the cash register and that stuff is because it was brought to us. Do you guys want to put it in there? I mean, the Ebingers had taken it home yeah. and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, we love it. Um, People can rent it. Um, we, we supply, we set it up. We supply all the dishes, all the silverware, all the glassware, uh, all the heating trays. It's just a wonderful, unique place. Um, but we, we haven't, it hasn't really been super busy. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's usually, it's best for like, baby showers and wedding showers and things where there's 25, 35, 40 people. Much more than that, and it just gets it's too, too crowded. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we love that, and SoundSage is doing good. And I mean, eventually we will have to leave here. It'll just be too much for me and Faye, you know, but, and I don't need all this anymore, but we'll, we'll be here for a while, and uh, we love it, and uh, hope somebody, the next person who gets it will be appreciative of it. No, who knows? Maybe I can get this digital network to I wish fly off the ground. Look at you, <laughs> walk right in, and you'd be all set. Here's a check, Jim. See you later. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about this is this this building is now worth a whole lot of money. Oh yeah, 
And there's a lot of stuff in it, which I would just as soon sell, sell all with it. Because honestly, um, downstairs, you saw all the stuff downstairs, including that big board. Yeah. Well, that board weighs about 900 pounds. And it came in before the big recording window was there. So it came down some stairs and through that. So getting it out of here, I don't even know how you could, which goes also goes for that Steinway Grand Piano. I don't know. That came in before there were walls there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be on the the pivot team trying to get those through any of the doors and openings. Well, we hired a bunch of big, sweaty ex-football players to, to bring that stuff down, and they did, but it'd be tough to get it back up. But we'll, you know, we'll see what all happens. We're not planning anything yet, but uh, eventually we'll certainly have to. Well, Jim, we have covered a whole lot of ground. <clears throat> any particular... Parting moments, words of wisdom, or final thoughts you'd like to leave with the people of Climax and Scott's? Well, first one is don't go into show business. <laughs> I tell people the same thing. How do you get into wrestling? Don't. Yeah, don't. A lot of suffering attached to that. Starving uh, artist is an expression for a reason. Well, any business is, everybody tells you the same thing, which I believe at least partially. If you do what you love, the money will come and you'll get to be successful. In theory, but also if you're an actor, you got to prepare yourself for a lot of rejection and a lot of suffering. If you're a musician, you got to prepare yourself for a lot of suffering and all that, because uh, look at most jazz musicians. You know, I mean, they they don't they can't make a living. You know, they can't. Um, uh, any any business that you have, my father gave me a couple perfect ass axioms. One is a business has to, has to continue to change or it will slowly die. That's the first thing. Uh, second thing he told me, he told me, Jim, don't trust a smiler. <laughs> because uh, if somebody's smiling at you, they're manipulating you and they're probably working you from the back. Uh, and buddy, that, that's the most accurate, one of the most accurate things I've ever heard. Don't trust a smiler, and you have to continue to change to uh, to to grow. You have to grow, uh, and that's that's what was kind of happening at Soundstage. I mean, it was doing fantastic, but I was just starting to lose. I mean, everybody says, "What were you doing? What you want? You know, it's all what you want." But that's cool. But once you do it two, three thousand times, you're going, "All right, I maybe like to try something else now." You know, <laughs> so that's what's kind of happened to me now. In whatever time I got left, I want to try some other things. Um, I'm very proud of you to come all the way back here from big, big city. And I know you missed the L. And where'd you live on Southside Chicago? Or well, no, I lived in the western suburbs, so oh. I worked in the city a lot. Like I was running businesses on the Mag Mile for a while, and in and out of major corporations. But major corporation life isn't my life. I can do it. I don't love it though. Well, I've told people that too because they, they've because I've never worked for anybody else ever, not not once. It's always been my jobs that I created myself. Um, if you if you but that's a special kind of different kind of person, like what you're doing now. You're your own driver. You don't have to have somebody standing over you. But I've had a number, and I bet I would wager you have too, I had a number of people offer me jobs at good money. But I'm thinking, all right, number one, I'll try and take over the place in about a week and a half. And during the period I'm taking over the place, I will have alienated everybody else there. So maybe I'm just going to stick to my own thing. And that's that was my choice. Been, it's been tough. Uh, Gil Culver's kind of been that way. You know Gil? Oh, yes. Gil did very well, but he worked real hard, and he... He did it himself. His dad started it, but Gil, Gil made a lot of excellent decisions. So that's worked out for them. It's worked out well for me. Um, so I'm kind of still doing what I want. I get sick of sitting in front of, most everything, as you know, is in front of a yeah. computer now. And then I get sick of that. I'm starting to get tendonitis here, and I've got to talk to my doctor about that, and that's from this, and then plus this, playing. But... Um, People yeah. don't realize the time that goes into stuff. Even a little show like this is five to fifteen hours of labor just for an hour podcast. Like it's work. People don't, and frankly, they don't care. 
That's the most of the thing about show business. Oh, you sick? Oh, your wife's dumping you? Oh, you caught your wife with your best friend? Uh, you know, uh, this or that or this or that. They don't care. And that's what I tell people uh, in my bands and on stage uh, when they're complaining about this or that and they're getting ready to go out. I'm going, people don't care. They're here to be entertained. That's great. They don't want to know minutes. about your personal <laughs> problems. So that's the that's the big thing about show business or any kind of being on air or any of that kind of stuff. Now, fortunately for you, you can go in and edit out any bad parts. <laughs> I do that too when I record my bass parts or I record something. I'll I'll go in there by myself and spend four hours redoing it just to make it sure it's perfect. Or somebody's off by half a beat, but for a whole recording, you just kind of have to Shift slide it, it over a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and really, people shouldn't need to care, you know. They're listening to be entertained, and uh, that's what it is. Uh, I got, uh, and frankly, my my sense of entertainment is is real old fashioned. I mean, my favorite thing is to listen to old Jack Benny shows and listen to to Rodney Dangerfield's things. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Uh, on my way over here, I know I'm ugly. On my way over here, I stuck my head out of the window of my car. I got a ticket for mooning. I mean, that's. <laughs> He was just a great, or what do you say to uh, one of one of my favorites? Or um, I got home early. My I found my wife in bed with my best friend Morty. I said, Morty, I have to, but you. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an old Henny Youngman, you know. So anyway, I love all that stuff. Uh, so I have a good time. Last night uh, I got all my costumes together and went over to my grandkids' house and got dressed up as Frankenstein. I mean, I love this stuff. I love this stuff. I have a good time. I love Christmas, but uh, I'm not real thrilled about snow yesterday, I will say. Yeah, I was just joking with the girls in the office at the school. About one out of every five Halloweens or so needs to be almost exactly like it was last night. So I'm hoping, okay, good four years or so of but I fall love, weather Halloween. I love snowy Christmases, and I hope we get it. And boy, we don't get them that often anymore. About half the time, they're not snowing anymore. Boy, this year we sure did. It gave... That heck of a blizzard on like the twenty third. Was, it? was or so. it? I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, Chicago got gets it for some reason. Climax. The weather sends to go around it. Well, I remember I was home because I hadn't moved back yet. I was at my parents' house and I was going to interview Mark Sinclair for this podcast. Yeah. And he's only two door like go to the stop sign and turn right. 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 And I was wondering if I was going to make it because it was blizzarding really? pretty good. I think that was on the twenty third or the twenty fourth. Hey, what do you think of this wonderful big store they've got down? I mi- I missed this little store here, but that's a pretty big deal down there. Oh, I'm loving it. I actually stopped there on my <laughs> way here because uh, I try to check in on Sonny every at least once a week, maybe sometimes twice a week, because I'm trying to help him as much as I can, kind of blast out some advertisements or go down do a little video on the store. But now he's got his shopping carts, he's got his produce, he's got uh, some fresh meats in there. He's I think got the last of his uh, liquor distribution coming in, I think he said sometime this week. So he's about to the point where every shelf in that place is going to be filled. Well, I'm, I'm proud of it. It takes a lot of guts. Yeah. And plus a whole lot of money. I mean, people need to realize how much money he's put into that to do a nice thing. And number one, those pizzas are just excellent. I love mm-hmm. those pizzas. Uh, plus he's got all of that stuff based on people coming in there now. People's rationale is always, well, you're 20 cents more on this, so I'm just going to drive into Walmart. Well, by the time you fart around driving into Walmart, you're spending all that money for gas, then you got to schlep all the way in from that gigantic parking lot, fight your way through all of that. You know, if it's an extra four or five bucks to shop Sunny's, I would I would encourage everybody to please do that. Well, and where I'm really hoping that Sunny's going to find success too is the town's gone through quite a period without a store. There really hasn't been a grocery store in town of that scale since Mark retired in, what, 2013, I think. I think it was just 10 years this year. Right, and Mark was running through the same scenario. People were saying, well, it's cost more here, so I'm driving into town. Well, yeah, but by the time you do all of that, you're, you're, cu- you're kissing off any savings you would have made. But to know that there is a building with that history and somebody, again, who cares about this town, wants to do good for the community. I'll be honest, Jim, I have no earthly idea what I paid for a one liter diet Pepsi 
when I was there on my way here. I know I handed him a ten dollar bill and I got change back. Well, he runs specials. He yeah. he's he's working at plus. Um, I don't want to bring the the liquor aspect in, but that's a quite a selection he's got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't drink. I'm drinking years, but I tell you what, man, that's I think that's going to be a success for him there. Yeah, and it's especially when we one of the local watering holes hasn't been there for a long time. We all miss the harvester. Like it's. There's a lot of good going on. I'm excited to see it open, and I think I'm even more excited for what it can be in kind of this first six to 12 months now that he's got the doors open. Well, we only have a few businesses here. You know, soundstage isn't something that, like, is a public business right. thing. But you've got a bank who needs to be supported. You've got, um, you know, the library. They need to be supported. Uh, the Dave's Bargains down here, I mean... People go in there as much as you can. I mean, Dave's a wonderful person. Uh, he tries to keep a wide variety of things in there. Uh, I in, in, Once a week, I try and go in there, buy something, whether it's I need it or not. You know, you take five bucks in there, you're going to come out with about three bags. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff is great. Some of it not so great. But, you know, you just go through. I'll tell you, that has been a handy place for me for, for paint, paint things and, you know, whatever but uh what else is here in town we got any other businesses in town oh gosh i mean different organizations you've got your different nonprofits. i mean we've got two churches in town these days yeah you've got the and, methodist um, church and then peace community practically across right. the street for either one of those from where we're right. at right now you know and use your post office and uh and who's this so- that's moved in across the street from you it's the old so i know that now we have the uh the it's the village hall that took over the old CTS space. Oh, you're talking and, about the transmission shop? Yes, because that took over for a minute that was many years ago. That was Harrison Auto Body, I think, right and then there. CTS and then it was a CTS. Yeah. yeah, Mark Gernsbach is is a spectacular human being. He, is, he, he comes from Jersey, New Jersey. His, his, both his grandfather and his father were very famous publishers. They published electronics magazines. His grandfather was the best friend who supported him his last years of Nikolai Tesla. I mean, that was his grandfather's best friend. Uh, Mark is a brilliant man who does transmissions and uh, mostly transmissions. Most of them are, uh, he has sent transmissions from all over the United States and Canada. I mean, if you walked into his house now, there'd be 30 transmissions in there. Plus, he's well known for being able to deal with transmissions for Model Ts and all the way back to the beginning of cars. He's just the most wonderful person. I One of the most wonderful person I know. He's a wonderful man. Plus, he invested a lot of money in making that something there. I mean, that, that was just going to be another empty building, as was this. This was going to be a, just a storage facility for a guy who used to own the gas station. Uh, but it was already starting to come down. I mean, we had to rebuild the whole back wall of this thing. Uh, I think that if we wouldn't have bought it, it'd be gone. But yeah, it was. I know that was a concern for quite a while, and it seemed like we all turned around one day and, oh, we have a state-of-the-art recording studio in Climax. It is, and it was it was tough. It took a good solid two years of me working. Over there, and then coming at night and working in here, I can remember putting insulation in this ceiling here, coming up with at least four to five new cuss words <laughs> per per time I was doing it. You know, so I'll tell you, I'm a mumble swearer myself. Expletive, expletive. Sometimes it just makes you feel better. You know, my dad was down here; he was alive then, and he's saying, "Jim, I've never heard you swear so much." I'm going, "Well, it necessitates it." <laughs> it's calling for it. It's reminiscent of the Christmas story. I always love when Ralphie hits that line of, my father worked in profanities like other artists worked in oil or clay. One of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movies, man. Well, you'll have a few thousand opportunities to watch it here <laughs> over the next six to eight weeks or so. I will. I've got it. I've got it on Blue, Blu-ray. and um, I love watching it, but I, I skip years now. Because if you watch it every year, you kind of go, yeah, all right. You know. 
Did you see the, um, not A Christmas Story 2. I like to pretend that one doesn't exist. Did you see that. HB? I think it was HBO Max did. It was actually I didn't a lot see that of the Because I don't originals. get that. It's, it's worth seeing that. If you can rent, uh, rent or digitally purchase that as a standalone movie. If you like the original with Ralphie and the family, it's... It's exactly what you think it's going to be, but in a way that still finds ways to surprise you. Well, I'll try you. and do it, but I, I don't get a, we don't have cable in this town anymore, so everything we got streaming, and I don't want to put a dish on my roof. <laughs> I mean, it's too old and roof, and I don't want the thing, I don't want them drilling holes in my yeah. roof. So I, I'm just doing streaming, so I can't get HBO. <clears throat> we don't have a, a, they call it a, what do you call it, a provider. We don't have a provider. Well, but other than that, man, yeah. Well, Jim, thank you so much for the time today. I think we've got at least two weeks' worth of episodes here. and th- We both just kind of looked at our watch and got wide eyes and went, oh, that went by pretty fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I've, I've had a wonderful life. I mean, if it ends tomorrow, I'm okay with that. Uh, uh, I've just had a, a just a charmed life. A lot of suffering with it, though. I mean, I don't want anybody to think any of it's been easy because what generally happens is everybody wants to tell you why you shouldn't do that. Or, no, don't do that, it's too hard, or don't do that. That that reflects on them, not you. If you feel you can do it, you need to do it. Because you're the only one who can do it. Uh, if you listen to everybody telling you why you can't do it, you'll never do anything. And that's how I've lived my life. Um, including my parents. My, my father never did. He always... He always uh, helped me and pushed me and gave me good positive reinforcement. My mother suffered because uh, her father was a full-time musician who dumped her and my grandmother. So she just had an attitude about all this stuff, which is funny because she was in show business too, but she just didn't want me to do any of this. But once I did, then of course I'm her fancy son. (laughs) But it's funny, she never went and saw me play because all of the jumping around she thought was embarrassing. She saw me once and went home crying. <laughs> but when I started doing the theatrical things like Superstar and uh, My Favorite Year and those, she used it every one. She loved the acting. She just didn't like the music. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you very much, Kevin, for coming here at Soundstage. Um, I hope I was able to entertain you and give you a lot of info. Again, if you want to know about me, Look up the GHS bio. That's just such a good one. <clears throat> I'm glad to answer any questions or meet with anybody. And if you want any of my music, it's all on everything. It's on Amazon. It's on um, uh, Apple. Apple, it's, Spotify, Google. <laughs> yeah, but just giving an example, last, well, I haven't got it for this quarter, but the quarter before last, we sold over about 247 now thousand downloads my check was four hundred and ten dollars yeah that's what sag and after is going after i mean they were doing all the streaming nobody's getting paid that's not fair now i think it's probably not going to change but uh i used to get really high residual checks from things i'd not no more man nope i mean i'll take a check every once in a while i'll get a check for 75 dollars and things like that you got six six figures of followers and a million downloads. What's that get you? Between three and five hundred dollars a month, brother. <laughs> well, that's what that's why everybody's touring. Yeah, that's why a lot of these people that are way beyond when they should be touring, they got to make a living. I mean, you make money when you're when you're playing live and sell your merchandise, but as far as residuals anymore, you don't get them anymore unless unless you hook in with some TV show. It's playing it every week, you know, or or an ad. I mean, when I see people like uh, the people, uh, uh, what's that insurance? Progressive Insurance. They have the same people. Uh, the girl who's who's it? Who's kind of quirky girl? She's been doing that ten, fifteen years. Yep. She is unbelievably wealthy. I, I'm sure. I'm sure she's making half a million, a million dollars a year just for that. So, there you go. Well, Jim, for joining us here on Climax of the Podcast and everything you're doing to help keep our community strong, thank you so much for everything you do every day, sir. You're welcome. I'll see you soon.
And there you have it, a whole lot to be learned from the story of Jim Cummings. Also wanted to remind everyone, Jim mentioned, I believe, in both Part 1 and 2 about his bio on GHS Strings. That is linked in the description of this very podcast, so you can actually open up whatever app you're listening to, and you should be able to tap that link to read more about Jim's story. Before the main event, we talked about caroling on the corners in Climax. I know there is a Scots event going on on December 3rd. I don't have a lot of information right now this second. I'm going to get that because I want to make sure I'm letting you guys know about the fun activities going on in Scots as well. If anyone has those, please get them to me. Go through the contact information at ClimaxScottsDigitalNetwork.com. I want to get the info to share it with the masses. Here's a little reminder about what's going on on Thursdays. Every Thursday at 7.30 p.m., we are bringing History Comes to Live to the Climax Scots Digital Network Facebook page. Every week, that is live from the History Room at Lawrence Memorial Library. And this is a viewer interactive show. So if there's particular topics people want to dive into, they can let us know in the comments. And that's part of the fun of this is to make it interactive and not just some person reading things from the PHS Room. Check it out Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. on the Climax Scots Digital Network Facebook page. Thanks one more time to our great sponsors and supporters, Kristen Wachowski with State Farm, Eldred Homestead B&B, and Prairie Historical Society. Thanks to our village president, Jim Cummings, for giving us two full weeks of content here on Climax the Podcast. And thank you, listeners. Without you, Climax the Podcast is just another file on the internet. I'll talk to you guys in about a week. <laughs>